Are you in a leadership role trying to figure out how to convince others to change their mind? Have you ever wondered why is leading and influencing others so darn hard? Are you looking for practical answers to these two vital questions? If so, welcome to my podcast, Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. I'm your host, Denise Cooper, and I am a storyteller. I interview thought leaders and people just like you who are learning and practicing the art and expanding on the science of leadership. Listen as my guests and I talk about what it takes to be a remarkable leader in the 21st century. Hi, and welcome to the remix of my second podcast, my second episode of the podcast. And this, and you've tuned in to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus so that I can work on some other projects, particularly my year-end project in which I offer individuals and executive teams an opportunity to really think forward about 2022 and the next years afterwards. But do it from a place of how are we going to fully engage our workforce? What does engagement mean? And if I were really a great leader, what would I need to do so that people have the belief, the faith, the trust in me that I have their best interests at heart? And when we can do that, they will trust us with their time, their energy, and their mental fortitude to do great things. But before we get into the podcast, I want to ask you a question. We often say that life is precious, but when do we sit back and think about what does that really mean? What does it mean to really pay attention to, you know, the dash between the day we were born and the day that we die? Well, this conversation with Bob called me to think about this. Where did you, where did I learn how to be a leader? When did I know that I was really a leader? We don't often think about that question and rarely are we even asked that question of, How did we learn to be a leader? What we learned as a child influences who we are, what integrity means, what our character is about, and what our values are in our life. And this podcast, you're going to hear from Bob how he put it all together, what he learned from um, his father and working and life experiences and how his values actually led him to be the great leader that he is. So let me tell you a little something about Bob. Robert Bob Gers, and Bob is my friend. We've known each other, I hate to say it, probably 15, 20 years. He's currently the vice president at John Haas, Inc., and the host of his own podcast called People in Transition. At Haas, Bob is an essential part of the management team, which is headed by the CEO. Haas Industries is the U.S. leading supplier of hops and hops products to the brewing and other industries. In his role, he created and led the implementation of the company's strategic HR plan, which ensures a competitive and engaged workforce. And when you listen to the podcast, you will understand that leading is really about influencing others so that we align our beliefs, our values, and how we show up so that others can be the best that they can be. Last thing about Bob is he's also an executive coach where he shares his wisdom with other people in job transition. I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if you do, remember to hit follow so that you won't miss the remixes as well as all my new podcasts. And if you liked it, go back to number two, listen to the full podcast. I'm sure you're gonna learn a little bit more. So Bob, how are you doing today? 
Good morning, Denise. I'm doing great. Thank you. How about yourself? Life is really good. Life is good. good. We've known each other for a number of years and kind of danced in the same HR circles, etc. But as you look back on your your life and your contribution to this time on in, in, in the earth, and I don't want to get too deep or too spiritual, but as you as you look back now, did you have like guiding principles or objectives or how did they form? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. You know, someone the, the other day, kind of a ancillary question to that. Someone asked me the other day, you know, kind of who was my who was my role model? Who who did I gain whatever it is that I have? Who did I gain that from? And and I, and I really can say that, that that it's my dad. My dad is a very he's a German farmer, and you know he has all the attributes of a German farmer. Can be cold, can be demanding. But he also is is someone that that is is very disciplined and is very focused and and has even though I don't think he really knows it has a real great understanding of himself what he's good at and what he's not as as good at and 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 I remember I remember him telling me that you know that there there really are some simple requirements for success you you just you need to know exactly what it is that you want. You, you have to know what it is that you're willing to pay for that that you want, and then you have to kind of have the resolve to you know pay that price. And and he really did live his life uh, uh, that way. And and uh, you know he's he's 88 years old now. The the community that uh, they live in, they just recently passed a law that people can't drive school bus past the age of 90 because he's still driving school bus at 88 years old, right? Mm. And, to, to me, that shows again that that discipline, that focus, that 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 desire, and and I got so much for from him, and in, in terms of you know understanding you know the gift of life and pushing barriers down and 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 so forth. So that's where that's where I got my kind of understanding, my why, I guess. Yeah, and and I'm not sure. So let me push against that a little bit because I'm not sure that's your why. It does sound like you described how what your how is. How you were going to do it is be conscious and self-aware, right, of what it is you want, right, and then what the price is to get what you want, and then have the perseverance or drive to get it. And so that kind of is the underpinning of the how. But as you look back over your life, what are the values or principles or even objectives that you wanted to to have in in, in life. So uh, I I really believe it kind of comes down to a, a couple of different things. First of all, and, and really very important to, to me is is that, that that I I really do believe that the intent of each person is good. Yeah, there are bad people out there that do bad things, and there are even good people who do bad things. But a, a, a really important value in, in, in my belief structure is is that when someone says something to me, even if it's a even if it's the gift of feedback and it's not particularly fun to hear, I, I believe that their intent is is good and that they want me to be better and, and they want me to grow and, and 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 so with that, you know, I'm I'm I don't sit there and, and try to dissect in terms of where the person is coming from because again I've I've made that determination at the onset that 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 it's a positive intent. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a value. My second, as I said before, I I believe 
life is is a gift. I've been very fortunate. You know, I've I've had some great jobs. I've worked with some great people. I've I've experienced some some really very positive uh, you know kinds of, of of things. I've walked the streets of Shanghai. I've I've, uh, I've ate in New Delhi. I've I've seen the Opera House in Sydney, Australia, and I've walked cornfields of Iowa. And and I have to tell you that um, they're all you know lessons. They're all a part of me. And and I and I really do recognize in terms of that that the life that I have is a, is a real gift. All I have to do is look down at my grandkids and from. One of the things I love is CBS does the CBS Morning News does this thing called Notes to Myself to a Younger Self. Really. Yeah. So at this point in your life, you see all your travels as gifts and beauty. Yes. Yes. What would you have told yourself at 30? Because at 30, did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Pro- probably not as not as well as what I do today. What I think I would have told myself um, at at 30 was that, well, number one, I made the, the error and, and I w- hadn't started journaling at that age. And so some of the, some of the things that I went through, you know, I, I, I didn't write them down. And, and even though they're in my mind's eye, some of the detail, some of the texture of it, you know, I've, I've lost. And, and that, that I feel bad in, in terms of, I probably didn't uh, at 30 tell myself to, slow down and truly enjoy some of the the things. My travels were mainly for for work and and I probably was a little bit more focused in on that. I I didn't allow myself to feel what you feel. Do you, do you get what I'm saying in terms of it, you know, it it's it's okay to be happy, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be excited and you need to and you need to let yourself you know, experience uh, that. What made you think that that was an important piece? Because you're absolutely right. There are a lot, I mean, from my perspective, and you're an executive coach also with a company that tries to go out and, and help other executives through transitions, leadership transitions, et cetera. And I, and I got to believe that you see a lot of people who don't feel what, allow themselves to feel what they perceive as bad emotion. Sadness, yeah. crying, anger—they they keep this. And, and even when you read the literature on how to be the best leader, it all talks about you know control your emotions. Don't 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 portray out that you're disappointed with people. That kind of thing. Yeah. So tell me, talk to me a little bit about why you think it's valuable for you to be to embrace and feel what you feel. Yeah, yeah. Those people. That you're describing, that you know, they've, they've, I think they've chosen kind of that middle path, that vanilla, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. in their life, and 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 I don't think that they are as as authentic in 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 how they go about uh, living their life, and 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 again, I, I I understand that I adapted as well as I was navigating my career, and 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 I don't know exactly. I I wish I could tell you that I, I said it was you know March. 10th of 1989 that I decided that I wouldn't do that, but I can't tell you exactly when it was. But I do remember the experience of of going through and and saying that uh, I knew that if I was ticked off at a colleague who who stole an idea from me, or if if someone you know was being 
particularly gracious and, and, and helped mentor me or if someone was, you know, doing something that, uh, that, that stimulated an emotion, I, I remember the feeling when I would keep it inside of me. And then I, and I, I thought to myself, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm not being true to myself. I'm not being true to the other person. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so I, I believe that it's really important to ensure that, that you are having that honest, candid discussion again with the, yourself and with the, with the other person. And, and I think that that's how you, you know, I don't, I don't have to worry anymore in terms of, okay, now let's see how, I wonder how they're, how they're reading me. I wonder, you know, what they're getting from me. I wonder, because they get me. Uh, mm. and, 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 and that feels really good. And, and, you know, look, Denise, you know, this as well as anyone They're they're either going to really like you and, and, and understand where you're coming from in, in, in that regards or, or they're not. And, and yes, there are going to be some people that won't and that's okay. And, and I, I think that it's important for each person to, to have that, that honesty with themselves. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Not only does it make sense, but you, you phrase it in a way very beautifully, a, a different way of explaining what confidence really is. It's confidence in action is really what you're yeah. talking about. It's knowing that at some point, you know, there's some people who are going to, you know, what's the old phrase of? There are people who like you for the right reasons, people who like you for the yeah. wrong reasons. People who are never going to like you for the right reasons and people who are never going to like you for the wrong reasons. And the only ones that you can be happy with, only way you can be happy in this world is understanding that you can only be true to yourself and all those other things are going to happen and they're just, and you deal with them when they come about. Yes. And, and that is when you know you have the confidence to, to be who you need, who you want to be. And, and I don't want anyone to think and I, and I know that you believe this as well. There aren't times that, you know, that the gremlins are talking real loud in my head too. You know, <laughs> I, I don't live a perfect life and, and I, there are, there are times when, when I have to have that stern discussion with myself. What, what was, I, I remember reading someplace that someone put down that the, the, the best companion of fear is worry. And, mm. and I really like that because because they they really do they're 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 pals and and they can double team you and and kick you about and and so there are times when you when you do have to wrestle with those kinds of uh, emotions but i but i think that that again if if i can summarize my my value is is that that being authentic with uh, with others and that helps me with another value of mine which is i i really do try to live my life in, in, in gratitude. I, I, I really do try to make certain that I am helping others. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's an important thing for us. It's part of the reason why I love being an executive coach. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I, I just had a, a, a client who is just brilliant, just a brilliant guy. He has a couple of uh, uh, master's degrees in, in physics and aeronautical engineering, and, and I mean, just a brilliant guy. And struggled in terms of finding a, a position. And just yesterday, he received an offer from NASA to join their team. Mm. Just, if, if, Denise, if you could hear the excitement and the passion that was in his voice when he told me about it, all the, all the time I spent with him was, was just so worth it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 
I think that that helping others is, is an important value of, uh, of Talk to me about your philosophy around growth. So a couple of things that, that are important to, to me. One, I think that, again, if you come at it that, uh, that you believe that life's a, a gift, you're going to want to make certain that you, I think, do everything that you can to maximize that life. And for me, that means that the, the journey is one of constant, and, and I, the good news is, is that I, I, I really do enjoy reading. And so I'm, I'm someone that uh, always has three or four books going at the same time. It, it is just the, the way that I can kind of keep uh, pushing my mind, pushing my curiosity, making certain that, that, that the things that I, I, I have that curiosity in terms of life and how people are interacting and how they are um, dealing with, uh, mm-hmm. with their own life. And it's part of the reason why I love these podcasts. I, I, I don't love to work out, but I do work out five or six times a week. And, mm-hmm. and podcasts make a great way, I think, of you know making that time be worthwhile time. And and so I'm I, I listen to all types of, of podcasts like yours to to make certain that that I'm maximizing that. Wow, I am amazed at how much I've gained by re-listening to my interview with Bob Gerst. And that's the beauty of going back and listening to these stories from people who have lived remarkable lives and done remarkable things in their life at helping to change other people, help them grow, be a supporter of them. Let me share something with you. Integrity, which is what we're going to talk about in just a few minutes with Bob, is more than simple honesty. It is the key to success. A person with integrity can pull everything together to make it all happen, no matter how challenging the circumstances. But how often do we step back and reflect on how to pull it all together? Where did you learn how integrity works in the day-to-day and moment-to-moment decisions that you're confronted with? The goal and purpose of Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper, this podcast that you are listening to, is to offer insightful conversations on how others learn to rise to the challenge of living their best life. My guests share how they do their best work, love hard and often. In addition, my guests, young and old, openly share the lessons they've learned on how to truly relish in the experience of leading and making a difference in the lives of others. If you like what you've heard, consider becoming my patron. And for a few dollars a month, you'll be helping me to continue to share wisdom on how to achieve your goals, live life wholeheartedly, and lead remarkably, achieving results one conversation at a time. Information on how to become my patron is included below. Now, let's get back to listening to how Bob Gerst teaches executives how to align their words and actions to create high-performing inclusive cultures. He is a master at closing the gap. Drop it down a little bit more. Tell me about a time when you did something that struck you or maybe even not in the moment, but even past that was uncomfortable. All I have to do is close my eyes and I have a great memory of of exactly what you're saying. I was walking the uh, the streets of Bangkok and Bangkok is a millions of people the, it is the streets are teeming with sights and sounds and smells and and it's hot and 
and many of the people that uh, on the streets are vendors. They call them hawker stands, and, and so they, they not only have their business there, but at night they close the flaps down in front of them, and that's where their, their home is at as well. And so it's just, a, just an incredible onslaught of uh, stimulation. And, and I remember, you know, kind of uh, walking around, and, and I, was, I was a real minority in that setting. And I remember telling myself, you know, you're not in Iowa anymore, Bob. And, uh, and the interesting part is, is you're a farm boy from Iowa, right? I'm a farm boy from Iowa. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm now walking the, the streets of, of Bangkok, and, 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 and I, you could have... You could have, you know, run from that and gone up to your hotel room and locked the doors and pulled the shades, right? And, mm-hmm. um, but I remember, you know, again, a feeling of, of, of kind of peace for me that I, I really was pushing myself to experience this, to experience it all, the sights, the sounds, uh, the smells. And, and that, that gave me a, a, a shot of courage to keep going on in terms of it. And the funny part of the end of that story, I was just terribly hot. And, and I went to, to one of the vendors and he had what I thought was a, a yogurt. And so and he had it in an ice chest and I thought that would be a very cooling. And so I bought it from him and I was eating it when a guy from Australia, of course, you meet someone from Australia and <laughs> Guy from Australia came over and said, uh, "Mate, what do you uh, what do you think of that?" And and I told him, I said, "You know, it's, for yogurt, it really has kind of a funny taste to it. It's it's kind of a tangy, but thank goodness it's cool and it's cooling me down." And he said, "Well, I'll I'll talk to you when you're done." And so I finished up the what I thought was the yogurt and came over and he said, "So did you like that, mate?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, it was it was all right. Kind of yogurt like I'd never had before." And he goes, "Yogurt." He said, you know, you've had probably your first chilled monkey brains. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I have to tell you that, that, again, you know, one of the things that I told myself uh, when I went to, to Asia was that I would ex- try to experience everything that I possibly could because, uh, again, that life is, is a gift. And uh, <laughs> I have to say, I, I didn't have chilled monkey brains ever again, but I can always say that, 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 that I had one. But you one. can't say you had it once in your life. That is exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the ways I raised my kids. Is, is I said, you, you, you don't have to eat it ever again, but you yeah. ought to do it once. And yeah. if you don't yeah. like it, you know, keep moving for us. All fears are learned, and, and therefore... I believe they can be unlearned. Yeah. And, and, and generally, when you're fearful of something, of walking the streets of Bangkok or doing something new, you know, the most most re- people react with "I can't." Mm-hmm. So, as I as I tell my my clients to help them unlearn the fear that they have, they need to start with the, "I can do it." And mm-hmm. so, I can eat chilled monkey brains. I I, I can't. <laughs> in public. I can, you know, uh, confront that bully. I can beat drugs or I can do whatever. So the transition is to how, you know, it's a great way you're talking about it. It's really good. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, you've, you've been in HR a long time. You've met all kinds of people globally in your history. And people come to you with all, with presenting problems that generally aren't a presenting problem, right? And it right. is based in some decision that they've made that it can't be or it's wrong and I'm right, et cetera. 
when you're working with either a client or an executive who's struggling with the I can't, I can't hire people who don't look like me or they're not good enough or I can't send Denise to Bangkok or, you know, some other country because she's a mother or whatever. How do you, how do you navigate that? How do you help them embrace a new idea? Is it instantaneous or do you have a methodology? Well, you know, I, I, I think it's like any other problem that, that exists. You know, sometimes when someone says, you know, I, I, I can't send Denise to, to Bangkok or whatever, that is the person really articulating a, a problem that they're having in terms of seeing Denise or seeing the issue or seeing, you know, the situation. And, and, and so I believe that you have to help them with good problem solving. And so good problem solving means that you, they, you have to define what the, the issue is. And it's, it's generally not that I really don't want to send Denise to Bangkok. It's probably because of the imprinting that I've had growing up and in my career about women in the workplace. And so let's really define what the, the, the problem really is. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, you know, really, you, you need to ask yourself: Is is it a is it really a problem? And and mm-hmm. and and what other kinds of things, you know, are kind of shaping that? Issue? Mm-hmm. And and then once you have that problem clearly defined and all the ancillary parts to it, that's when you can start coming up with some of the solutions. And then you'll make the decision in terms of that. What's the best solution for it? And the best solution may be not sending Denise to Bangkok, but you're you're doing it from a different vantage point for a different mm-hmm. uh, reason than just because you know again that what you've heard in your in your head about sending women overseas and 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 so I think that I think that it's generally a problem solving um, issue. And so when you confront people who suddenly feel the twist that you're making on it. Yep. and digging a little bit deeper, how does that, yep. how do you stay centered and stay focused? Yeah, um, well, one thing I, I think that helps is is that, you know, you and I, because of the years that we've been doing this, we, we almost have this uh, systemic desensitization mm-hmm. um, because we've been confronted with so many of those kinds of issues, and, and we've repeatedly been dealing with uh, with with those those kinds of things and 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 again i i believe that if if we if we stay focused in terms of trying to do good for our clients or ourselves and recognize i, I love eleanor roosevelt's uh, line that no one can make you feel inferior without your consent mm. a very powerful thing to keep in, in mind mm-hmm. and 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 so i i do think that when you say that people are going to come at issues with good intent we just need to help them find the answer sometime uh, within themselves that's my whole basis of, of my coaching i don't i don't have the answers for them that's counseling that's mentoring that's I believe that each person has the answer inside of themselves. I'm just a guide to help them find that someplace in themselves. Right. And 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 I just love and part, getting back to your original question. 
how do I stay anchored in terms of it? I just love the journey. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a fascinating helping the person navigate their experiences, their psyche, their emotions, their experiences to find that answer. And so mm-hmm. that keeps me really quite the, the one thing that I do know, and, and I tell my leaders this all the time, you know, you you really don't have the opportunity to manage or control others. You you can only really manage and control yourself. Mm. And 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 it's it's that it's that whole notion in, in terms of you know you, you have to you have to walk your talk. And so if if you're saying that a value in your organization is customer service, and and yet you're you're not responding to emails on a timely basis. Or if you say that innovation is important, yet you have, you know, 19 volumes of policies. If you, if you say that teamwork is important, yet you only pay on individual contribution. I mean, all of these things are, are you know, oxymorons that, that are not, again, being true to 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 its uh, theme, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I I try to ensure that that leaders understand that not only they don't just have positional power, but but they have really modeling power as well. Mm. And, uh, and it's and it's that quite frankly that is as as impactful to the organization and the people that that model that they are, are playing. And, and it's that that is, as I think, as impactful as, as as the position that they hold. And so I, I really challenge the uh, the leaders that that I have to, you know, again, there's a natural state that, that that these leaders should be coming from that hopefully fits into that organizational values. Because if it if it doesn't, by the way, if if that if that person's that leader's natural values don't fit into the organizational values. Think of how exhausting that is for them. Mm. You know, that they have to every day, every hour, play a different role than yeah. what they really are. Yeah. There is no amount of money that that could be paid to, to a person to keep that up. Hey, that's a wrap. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast. Please leave comments below. I'd love to know what you're thinking. If you liked it, share it. If you didn't like it, share it, because I guarantee it's going to start a conversation that will help you close the gap. I want to thank the C-Suite Radio Network for hosting my podcast. It is the largest network dedicated to the growth and development of leaders worldwide. I'd also like to thank Ivan G. Hall for the music that you are currently enjoying. Hey, check him out. He's really a great musician. And finally, I have two other requests. One is, please, please, please leave a review on this, either on Apple or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. And the other is, don't forget, please look up my book, Remarkable Leadership Lessons, Change Results, One Conversation at a Time. It's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble in paperback, as well as Kindle versions. And with that, it's a wrap. Talk to you next week. Bye.